Hey, good morning again. Welcome. Thank you for taking your good seats and everyone. Levi, are you there? It's been a while. Looking good. Looking good. Summer is here, I think, almost. It's warm enough for me. Some of you like it hotter. But... We're going to go to the Old Testament and talk about a story there, and we're going to tie it together with a Mother's Day, uh, as today is Mother's Day, and we want to honor mothers, and also honor uh, ladies in general. Okay? So, and actually this message can be applied to anyone. So, just be included. Don't be, ex- don't be, you know, just checking out because this Mother's Day message doesn't mean you're not in because it's, this is applicable to all people, right? Okay. The story is way back in the book of 1 Samuel. And I'll read a few verses. Try to pronounce the Old Testament names. This is a doozy. Right off the bat on the first verse, a certain man from this town is about that long. I'm going to call it Ramah, okay? Because really it's a, it is the same place. Ramah is short for this version. A certain man from Ramah, from the hill country of Ephraim, and his name was Elkanah, the son of Jeroham. I just, you know, I don't know all the details of these people. Well, just bear with us. The son of Elhu, the son of Toho, Toho. Tahu, there you go, the son of Zuf, and an Ephraimite. He had two wives. And one was name was Hannah, and the other was Penana. Okay. Penana had children, but Hannah had no children. This man would go up from the city yearly to worship and to sacrifice to the Lord of hosts in Shiloh. And the two sons of Eli, Hophni and Phinehas, Lord help us, were priests to the Lord there. And when the day came that Elkanah sacrificed, he would give portions to Peninnah, his wife, and to all her sons and her daughters. But to Hannah he would give a double portion, for he loved Hannah, but the Lord had closed her womb. Her rival, however, would provoke her bitterly to irritate her because the Lord had closed. That was bad enough that she did not have children, but her rival would irritate her. You ever had a rival that irritates you? Someone that would just mm, test your patience? And it happened year after year. Well, this was going on for a while. And somewhere along the line, Hannah got desperate. Verse 8 says, And Elkanah, her husband, said to her, Hannah, why do you weep? Why do you, why do you not eat? Why is your heart sad? Am I not better than ten sons? I don't know if that was a good thing for him to say. Come on. Am I not good enough? Dealing with 
a wife that is upset, there's some things, man, you ought not to say. I have found that most women just rather would have you be quiet than to say something stupid. Yeah. I think, I think that Hannah needed to understand that her husband loved her anyway. I'm just kind of thinking out of the box here. She needed to be reassured that her husband still loved her anyway. You see, the deal is with God, no matter how you are, God loves you as you are. Just the way you are. And then he cleans us up to be more like he wants to be. When you come just as you are. And I think Hannah was reaching out in her desperate situation. She prays this, number one, the point, first and foremost, a bold prayer. She prays a bold prayer, verses 10 through 18, or 10 through 13, rather. And she greatly distressed, prayed to the Lord, and wept bitterly. Friends, sometimes that's just what we need to do. Pour our heart out before the Lord. Let it all out. Because God knows your heart anyway. And we don't we can't pretend, we can't somehow cover up how we feel with God. But she prays this bold prayer. She made a deal, so to speak, a vow, and said, O Lord of hosts, verse eleven, if thou wilt indeed look on the affliction of thy maidservant and remember me. And not forget thy maidservant. How many people know people that feel like they've been forgotten in this world? There's a whole lot of people trying to get through life that feel like no one really understands or cares. I could be gone tomorrow, nobody would be, you know, that we can get get into these realms. But God remembers, but will give thy maidservant a sense. So God, Hannah is praying her heart out. She's just absolutely laying it out, burying her soul before her God. This is what's on her heart. This is her petition. This is her request, no matter what others may think of it. It was on her heart. Then I will give him to the Lord. She makes a deal with it. Then I will commit my ways to you. Then, then I will... I will give back to you, God, what you have given me. Eli was observing, the priest was observing that Hannah was pouring out. Here's here's really something really, really, I want to use the word cool, but that's not cool. Unique, good, Worth underlining, maybe. Verse 12 says, It came about as she continued praying before the Lord that Eli was watching her mouth. So Hannah is praying wholeheartedly. She's quiet within. 
And Eli mistakes, he thinks, well, Hannah, have you been drinking? <laughs> that's, that's what the scripture says. Eli makes a false accusation. It's bad enough you're feeling down and someone says something stupid. How long will you make yourself drunk? Put away your wine from you. But verse 15 says, Hannah answered and said, No, my Lord, I am a woman oppressed in spirit. I have drunk neither wine nor strong drink, but I have poured out my soul before the Lord. And that is the very essence. That is what, what, what she is absolutely, she's broken hearted. She's come, it's come to a place where she can't go on. Unless God intervenes. How many know that God understands your brokenness? God understands when you're down, when you're when it's tough, when you don't even have the words to explain how you feel. The Psalm says in 139, 1 and 2 that He has searched us, He knows us, He knows when we sit down, when we rise up, and thou dost understand my thoughts from afore. And so all our all the all the introverts here, okay, I'm one of them. All the introverts say, "Yeah, I don't even have to talk." Well, my wife says I save all my words for Sunday. And then you know, kind of okay. We 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 say, "What do you think?" And I say, "Good." This short little, you know, okay, yeah, a nod. Yeah. That's personality. Any women are, people in general are wanting to know what you think, what, what's on your heart, what, what are you, what's going through that thing up there, you know? What's, what's going, what kind of thoughts do you have? Is there any feedback? You know, we're looking for feedback. We're looking for someone to say something that would say, uh-huh or no. I don't agree with that. Uh-huh. We're looking for support. God understands everything about us, but he still asks us. In his word, ask. He says, ask is the beginning. Seek and you shall find. What is that all about? He wants us to want him. He wants us to make him the most important person, the most important being in our whole entire life, in every avenue of it, into the workplace, into the home, into the community, into the, the very depth of your heart. How do we know that? Because God cries out. God searches the earth and chronicles us as he moves looking for a heart in whom he can feel. It's, he is looking for people like Hannah who are just themselves, able to bear their soul, able to speak what's on their heart. And sometimes it's not the words that she was moving her lips, but 
It isn't always what we say, it's what we're feeling and thinking inside of us that we're laying out before God. You could be praying in the depth of your soul and not be speaking a word because you're, you're laying it out before the Lord. Hebrews says we can come before Him to His throne of grace. I believe we all need grace every day. By the grace of God, that Hebrews 4, 16, let us therefore, I didn't give this to the, my wife is waving, she's looking for it. Hebrews 4, 16, let us therefore draw near with confidence. Another verse says boldness. How in the world can we approach the mighty, almighty living God with boldness? You mean he actually asked us to come? He invites us to come? Yeah, because he paid the price. The veil was lifted at the cross. The veil was rent, which symbolizes our access to God Almighty because Jesus is our righteousness. Priests in the Old Testament, only the Levitical priests could enter into the Holy of Holies. They were the people that God had asked and called and committed and appointed for that kind of ministry. Every one of us now, New Testament believers, are all called priests. Believers can come before the throne of God and be accepted through Jesus Christ. That should make us say, wow. God is for you. God has not forgotten you. God has not forgotten you, Hannah. And so we read on. As these verses we, we were talking about, there was some work. Some, uh, verse 16, Do not consider your maidservant as a worthless woman. For I have spoken until now out of my great concern and provocation. And Eli answered and said, Go in peace, and may the God of Israel grant your petition that you have asked of him. And she said, Let your maidservant find favor in your sight. So the woman went her way and ate. And her face was no longer sad. She prays his prayer. She agonizes with God. She pours out her soul before the Lord. Somehow things turned around in her spirit. Well, she wasn't, it wasn't, you know, she, she was assured in her heart that God had heard. And that very moment she felt better. She went from what could have been holding on to a bitter spirit you become better. See, life has a way of testing us. Relationships, especially. People who you love the most, I say this, often hurt you the most. People that are close to you and you would never, you know, become vulnerable at times. And she becomes lifted in her spirit. There's something about this countenance. The Bible talks about our face, our facial countenance, actually. 
Some people are better at it than others. But when your spirit's down, some people can really still look good. Other people are not as, not as good at that. You can tell right away there's something wrong. Something going on. Come on. Here's the deal. How you doing today? We go, yeah, good, good, good. But well, how you really doing? That's, that's how you really no what? No, what? Is there anything up with you? You know. I think the church needs some work, has some work to do. I think I think we all have to work at that. Not to be nosy or pushy, but to be sensitive. Be sensitive. And be, I believe, the help of the Holy Spirit. And you give you discernment, something going on. You know, sometimes we don't even, we don't, we don't, you don't have to spill your whole deal. It's just, just knowing that someone cares and reaches out. Let's, let's just pray. Let's just pray. Let's just give it to God. And say, I believe that the Spirit helped prayer, that the Spirit can help you pray. Romans says the Spirit prays with groaning. Spirit of God in you, pray through by the will of God. That's good prayer. That's praying the heart of God. That's praying in the will of God. Better spirit. Her face lifted up. No longer sad. No longer the long face. Life begins to look different. And granted, we will have moments when we are down, but and I sought the Lord and He answered me. I sought the Lord and He came through. Psalm 34 says it this way, verses 4 through 7, Psalm 34. I sought the Lord and He answered me and delivered me from all my fears. A lot of our troubles right here on this earth are related to a fear factor. Something that's bothering us because we're afraid we're going to fail or afraid something's not, afraid something's going to repeat itself, afraid something, afraid, 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 fear, fear, fear. How many know that fear is not from God? Fear, God doesn't work with the causes of fear. I mean, there's a healthy fear. There's a healthy fear that we revere God, that we respect God, but the fear that the devil wants to put on us binds us hinders us, keeps us from stepping out and being all that we are with for God. We'll read on. They looked to Him and were radiant. Their faces will never be ashamed. Wow. One look at Jesus' face. One moment in the presence of God will change our hearts and give us life. This poor man cried and the Lord heard him and saved him out of all his troubles. The angel of the Lord encamped around those who feared him and rescued him. David was a, probably was written by David. How many know David, King David? Just a mass of things with the Lord's help. But he had enemies. He was a leader, became a king. And he he actually there's there's a there's a something to tie together here. Because 
Samuel that is born to Hannah actually became, uh, you know, like an advisor to King David. And actually, a time when King David kind of stepped out of line and fell into sin with an adulterous situation, it was Nathan, the prophet, that came around. Now Samuel was engaged in protecting the word of the Lord and keeping the word of God. And so God has a plan. God has a plan. In your situation right now, it may seem, what, what are we going to do with this mess? What about this setback? And God turns it around. Because I believe if we keep turning ourselves onto the Lord, keep laying ourselves onto the Lord, keep laying our situation at the Lord's feet, that in time and in due time, that He will answer. And we come to a place in Scripture where it talks about finding favor. Verse 18, we read it. Let your maidservant find favor in your sight. That's a huge thought in itself. Finding favor. What is finding favor? Finding his favor is, is when God intervenes in spite of us. In spite of our situation. It's when it looks absolutely desperate, it's like absolutely no way God makes a way. That's God. When there was no way, it seemed impossible that Hannah could have any kind of favor with her husband, with her rival. God says, just let me work. I got this. I've heard your heart. And she, she returns, I believe it was a, three years later. Verse 24, after the child was born and weaned, she took him up with her, the three-year-old uh, bull and ephah, and dug a wine, and although the child was young, then they slaughtered a bull and brought the boy to Eli. And she said, Oh, my Lord, as your soul lives, my Lord, I am the woman who stood here beside you praying to the Lord. Eli is like, Oh, yeah. I remember you. For this boy, verse 27, I prayed, and the Lord has given me my petition, which I have asked him. So I have also dedicated him to the Lord, as long as he lives. He is dedicated to the Lord, and he worshiped the Lord there. Wow. So we go from a bold prayer to our spirit being lifted, a better spirit, and we come to another place where she dedicates the boy, a boy dedicated. And Hannah keeps her bargain, and her faith was rewarded. It isn't it just like God to do something that will encourage the faith in all of us? Isn't it just like God that says, I will do it. So many people have this warped understanding about God. He don't want me to have fun in life. He's going to hold things back. That's just the opposite. Real fun is having your sins forgiven. 
knowing that you're right with God. And then that life really begins. And He gives you freedom to live in a realm that you don't have to bow down to Satan. You don't have to bow down to the sin nature. You don't have to give in because God is greater and He's worth living for. In fact, of the matter, it comes all down to this. Everything that I have, my family, my children, the, the dearest part of life are really God's gifts. They're God's gifts. And so, God has been good to me. And this mother says, I made a deal. I'm going to stick with it. Here's the boy. He's unto you. You can train him up in the things of God. He then begins to live with Eli, but then begins to learn how to minister. And one of the greatest stories in the whole Bible is when God begins to call out Samuel. Right? And Samuel had not yet learned the voice of God. He had not recognized it was the voice of God. And all of us are in that process even today. But we're hearing the voice of God. Are we recognizing the voice of God? Because every time God speaks, it brings life. It brings purpose. It brings direction. It brings confidence. What does God think? When man makes false accusations, have you ever been misunderstood? Not fun at all, is it? What do you do in those circumstances? Stay steady. Know that God knows your heart. Things will come out. I believe if we'll stay steady and that we will we'll believe God and live our life, God will take care. Vengeance is mine, he says. Vengeance is mine. And so Samuel begins to grow up in the house of the Lord. He begins to understand the voice of God. He begins to walk with God, begins to minister, begins to uh, become a leader in the community, and the believers and the people of God, I believe that we also, as we, we give our family, we give our dearest loved ones to the Lord, we give our dearest possessions, we say, Lord, yours. will you bless it? We're, we're not just praying blessing for ourselves, but we're praying blessing for our children and their children and their children. The blessing starts with someone in a family that says, we're going to serve the Lord. No matter what your background, every day is a new day. We can start afresh in a new life. We just need to admit to God that we, we can't do this. I can't build a house that will last. I can't. I can't do it in my own strength is what, what, what we're really coming down to. I cannot be the person that God has called me to be in my own self and on my own selfishness. I just end up with wanting more things, wanting more stuff. And God is saying, hey, wait a minute. Put it in perspective. Really what you really need is God in relationship. 
knowing that your heart is right with him. Then he begins to take care of all the details. And every day that you go out is an adventure. An adventure. And so it all comes down to one other word that I'll leave with you today. That word is called faith. That faith thing. That whole faith thing in the scriptures that talks about it so much in Hebrews about how faith, men move by faith, the Old Testament saints move by faith, Noah, Abraham, Moses, all the big names. But there were a whole lot of people that are, their names are not mentioned, that they were others in the Hebrews 11. And it actually comes down and defines faith in verse 6 of Hebrews 11. Without faith, it's impossible to please him. So Hannah, as she's praying for this child, required faith. Uh, she wasn't giving up. She said, Lord, I'm willing to dedicate this child back to you. Faith. That kind of faith is, is a bold prayer. But I think there are times where we need to speak bold prayers. Let's go after it. Let's not limit our God. Why not? Let's bring the blessing of God through faith. It's impossible to please Him without it. He who comes to God must believe that He is, number one, what He is the only true God. Believe that He is. And that he is a rewarder. He's not a stingy God. The fact of the matter is, he goes over the top so many times. Far beyond what you can even deserve. He's a rewarder of those who seek him. What do you need today? What is, it, what is your biggest need right now? Sometimes, is just to know that God is there and you're on the right track. Oftentimes it's like we're believing God. You're with us. I'll sometimes pray, Lord, I need a little more sign. I'll pray sometimes, Lord, Bring an encouragement. I'll pray for people like this. Lord, I pray that you will encourage so-and-so. May, may there be a connection with people or God's people. May there be somehow a sign that shows them that you are with them. Bring a word of encouragement. So often the people of God are struggling to know that they're really on the right track. Are they really in favor with God? And sometimes I think we need to pray this, Lord, this is a bold prayer, search me. You know my heart. I don't even know all my heart. Only God really knows it. And I say to the Lord, Reveal to me, maybe there's some things, maybe there's some pride. Maybe there's some subtle things that I think, well, that's not that big deal, but the God is, he's, you know, we're working on this. 
Am I willing to say, Lord, it's yours? Am I willing to say it's I only get one shot through life. Though I know I will fail, I can't live a perfect life. God, you have me. There are people in our world, our community right now, they're scared about the future. It's deathly scared. Worried. The death. The whole COVID thing that we went through. They got people's their their anxiety levels. We live in a society of anxiety. We hear it all the time. Anxiety, stress. That's God. What God? What does God have for you? Come into the fullness, abundant life. Well, you really don't need a whole lot. You just need. I want to sing a song that seems to help bring it all together here today. It's called a blessing. How many know that? Taken right from Scripture. I love songs that are taken right from Scripture. Because I think that we can sing the Word of God, we can speak the Word of God. I'm going to switch over. We can really honor the Lord by speaking His Word. I believe that God hears and He answers. This song also has to do with our children and the next generation and the next generation invite you to stand if you'd like to do that just make this a prayer let's just offer ourselves let's just pray to god right now that his face would shine upon us that his grace lord would be extended toward us